the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music. Transcribed at the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and HMS Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. The King's Herald's first song agrees heartily with the many Bible prophecies that assure us that we shall see the King someday. Though the way we journey may be often drear, we shall see the King someday. On the blessed morning clouds will disappear, we shall see the King someday. We shall see the King someday, someday. We will shout and sing someday, someday. Gathered round the throne when he shall call his own. We shall see the King someday. After foes are conquered, after battles won, we shall see the king someday. After strife is over, after set of sun, we shall see the king someday. We shall see the king someday, someday. We will shout and sing someday, someday. Gathered round the throne when he shall call his own. We shall see the king someday, Heavenly Father, we pray that we may indeed see the King someday. Bless this broadcast to that end. Give us thy grace. Forgive our sins in Christ's name. Bless everyone who calleth upon thee today. And may those who hear the music and the message be drawn nearer God. In Jesus' name we ask it. There is a place of quiet rest Near to the heart of God A place where 
sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Oh Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before thee near to the heart of God. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, How to Pray. Those who have the privilege of reading the signs of the times, America's great prophetic weekly, may have enjoyed that wonderful prayer story by Leonard C. Lee, which appeared in a late issue. He says that he had always thought that prayer concerned only the forgiveness of sins, that it was his own job to look after himself while he lived, and then God would decide what to do with him afterward. He had given his heart to God as a boy of 12. But now, at 19, he, like Jonah, was running away from God and trying to lose himself in the northern wilderness of Canada, thinking that God would forget. After having helped a neighbor move his household goods to southern Alberta, he decided to work his way north to Alaska. By February, in the dead of winter, 
He had traveled nearly a thousand miles through snow and was attempting to reach the trading post on the Laird River. He was plunging along on snowshoes into a howling blizzard, trying to follow the outlines of a creek which he believed would lead him to the river. He had started with plenty of provisions when he left the settlement on the Peace River, but the fury of the blizzard had pinned him down for days. At last his food was gone, yet he was forced to keep going to keep from freezing to death. Finally he decided that he would never make it and was wondering if anyone would miss him when suddenly he heard a voice saying, Turn to the left. He looked around, but no one was in sight. He started on north again, but again he heard that voice, almost pleading in its intensity, Turn to the left. He could see no reason for turning to the left into the howling blizzard, which was coming from the west, so started on north once more. But there came over him a strange feeling that he was running away from God. He couldn't stand it. So he took a look at his compass and turned to the left toward the hills and into the freezing wind. Blinded by the driving snow, he had miles to climb and the going was hard. It was getting dark with an arctic twilight when he crossed the divide and descended to another creek bed. He decided to turn right and follow this creek to the river. But again he heard that voice, turn to the left. He obeyed and a few rods up from the creek he saw a cabin half buried under the snow. Using his snowshoe for a shovel, he dug his way to the door and went in. It was pitch dark. Out of the blackness came a groan which startled him. He struck a match, and there was an old man in a sleeping bag, lying on a low bunk, his beard and eyebrows covered with ice from his breath. His eyes looked sunken and feverish. Now we use Leonard Lee's own words. I rushed from the cabin to gather some scrub wood while twilight lingered. Soon had a fire going. I looked for food in the cabin, found none. As the room warmed up, the old man was able to talk a little. He was Henry Bruce. He had been on his way to the trading post when he fell and broke his leg. He had crawled into the abandoned cabin, hoping that someone would find him. He had been there for a week and had given up all hope. Then he turned to God in prayer, asking him to send help. The very timing jolted my youthful self-confidence as I realized that a hand had reached down from heaven and answered an old man's prayer. At the very moment I was wondering if anyone would miss me, God was sending his angel to guide me to this lonely cabin to help him. I knew that food and medical help had to be obtained quickly. I built up a good fire that would keep the cabin warm for hours and enough snow melted for the old man to drink. Where can I get supplies, I asked. About twenty miles west, he said. Again, a strange feeling of awe came over me. I'd been going in the wrong direction, trudging into an empty, freezing wilderness. I had been too proud to ask for help, too self-sufficient to pray. But the prayer of an old man who needed God and asked for help had given God an excuse to turn me in the right direction. Let's pray before you go, Henry Bruce said. I knelt by his bunk as I had at my mother's knee while he laid his hand on my head and in a feeble, faltering voice asked God to take care of me. Well, the wind died down, the stars were shining, the thermometer dropped to about forty below. Lee's stomach was empty and his bones ached, but he forgot his weariness and the needs of another. He almost ran those twenty desperate miles in an effort to get help before the fire died down and the arctic cold crept in and snuffed out the life in the cabin. Telling of his experience, Lee says that as he pushed on toward the trading post, he had the feeling 
that he was walking in a dream with someone walking beside him and some unseen power picking up his snowshoes and setting them down. He reached the post safely. Two strong men with a dog team were sent to take food to the old man and bring him in for medical help. I couldn't help thinking that God called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob thousands of years ago, said Lee, but he called me yesterday. The same God who sent Jonah to save the Ninevites sent me to save Henry Bruce. The same loving Savior who walked with the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace and walked with me through the blizzard and the biting cold. An old man's prayer and faith had moved the hand of God to reach down and stop me in the snow and change my course in my life. The old trapper soon recovered and went back to Edmonton where he lived with relatives. He asked, he believed, he received. From that day, said Leonard Lee, prayer took on a new meaning for me. Well, I say no wonder. Remember, God is a prayer-hearing God, and he commands us to pray. The first step in prayer is to ask. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Must we always observe a particular time, place, and form of prayer? Must we always go to a church to pray? Listen to the words of Christ in Matthew 6, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Public prayer certainly has its place in the worship of God. Private prayer is a source of power for every human being who will take advantage of it. To what place did Jesus retire for his secret devotions? In Matthew 14:23 we read, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Jesus prayed alone on the mountainside in the nighttime and sometimes in the garden of Gethsemane neath the old olive trees. my 
So every place may be a place of prayer. How often should we pray? Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Evening, morning, at noon will I cry, and the Lord will hear my voice, said David, Psalm 55.17. He had three special times in which he prayed every day. Every time of need is a time of prayer. Just look at the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer that Jesus gave us in Matthew 6 9. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. First of all, a request that we and others speak reverently of him and take not his name in vain. Second, thy kingdom come. A prayer for the second coming of Christ. Third, give us this day our daily bread. Fourth, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Fifth, and lead us not into temptation. Six, but deliver us from evil. Here are at least six requests. So when we pray, we are to make requests. Jesus gave many examples of prayer, and almost without exception, they are requests. Luke 11:5, friend, lend me three loaves. The widow before the judge, avenge him, my adversary. Luke 18:3. The son asking for a fish or an egg of his father. Luke 11:11, 11, 11, and so on. The only so-called prayer in the entire New Testament which is held up as the wrong kind of prayer is one in which nothing whatever is asked, no petition made. It's the prayer of the Pharisee found in Luke 18:11. True prayer is the soul's earnest desire expressed to God audibly or inaudibly. A scientist who thought prayer was all humbug fell ill. Many of his experiments failed. He came near to bankruptcy. One day, in order to get away from home, he went to a place where others were praying he said to himself, if I were not an agnostic, I might experiment with this superstition. Just to try it, he began to pray. Halfway through his prayer, he said, now, if this were not foolishness, what would I pray for, health, money? Then suddenly he cried out, oh God, I beg of you, enlighten my mind, that I may invent something very great to further human knowledge. He was amazed at himself. This was his heart's true desire, which finally came out in words. Knowing at last his desire of desires, he began his experiments, which led to the invention of the telescope. And so Galileo learned the meaning of prayer. When we pray, we should pray in faith. According to your faith be it unto you. Matthew 9, 29. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Matthew 21, 22. 
Everyone who prays has some faith or he would not pray. This is proved by Romans 10:13. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? In the next place, when we pray, we should pray according to God's will. This might be called a condition, but it's really a promise in 1 John 5:14. And this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. This is a wonderful promise. So let us not be discouraged. We may not know all of God's will for us, but we should pray earnestly according to his will as far as we know it. When children beg their parents for things they greatly desire, out of love for them, their parents sometimes give them the very things they ask for, sometimes something better. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3.30 In the 27th verse of Romans 8, we're told that the intercession of the Spirit for the saints is according to the will of God. So it's while we pray that the Holy Spirit teaches us the will of God. Then let us pray. Last of all, we mention a very important point. We are to ask in Jesus' name. John 14.13 and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. There's to be persistence in prayer. We're not to cease. The parable of the unjust judge and the widow coming to him shows that, Luke 18. And Jesus said that God is more willing to give than a human judge would be when the woman's persistence led him to give what she wanted. These are the words of Jesus. Persistence in prayer has the promise of an answer. There are many prayers in the Bible that we can use as examples. The book of Psalms is really a book of prayers. There we can learn reverent words and phrases to use in the worship of God. Whatever words we use, they should be our own, our own hearts speaking and crying out to God. A Christian worker had living with her in an Indian village, a little orphan named Shadi, whom she had taught about Jesus. One night when he was six years old, she said to him, Now pray a little prayer of your own. And what do you suppose was Shadi's prayer? It was this, Dear Jesus, make me like what you were when you were six years old. What a beautiful, simple prayer. And so, whether we're six or sixty, may our prayers be our own and according to the will of God.
Jesus will remember every prayer. Everyone will find its answer there. They are not forgotten, for he watches o'er his own and keeps their hearts petitions by his throne. Heaven holds the answer to your prayer. Joys unrivaled will be yours to share. Let us remember that there is no condition from which Christ cannot deliver us if we will but look up and go forward in faith. Have faith in God and seek his face alway. Have faith in God with words the heart doth say. Have faith in God. It is his will we pray. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this program has served to give you spiritual strength and blessing. And we invite you to join us again next week at this same time for another transcribed broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Oh.